And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Jeff and Corey once again from Switch the Envelope. Welcome back, guys. I do appreciate you guys coming out on the show again, talking about Gremlins. We did Cliffhanger last time. How you guys been doing? Thanks for having us back on. We're doing great. Doing great, man. That's great. And I Good just want to say, I enjoyed your episode from that you just released uh, yesterday, I believe, uh-huh. with uh, Michael Myers versus... Um, you know, John McClane, I do. A, <laughs> I, did, I laughed my butt off at that. Yippee Kaye, Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. actually needs to be a t shirt now, by the way. I think it should be. Yippee Kaye, <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah. Once we get our shop up and running, we're totally going to do a t shirt. Yep. That's funny. Sounds great. Yeah. That needs to be a viral meme. Yeah. It was a lot of fun try, trying to go through the entire timeline of Halloween in that episode. Like, because it's, it goes in many different ways, that timeline. It is not a co- coherent, uh, franchise <laughs> it definitely doesn't i always say the words continuity schmott nudity it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what happens in the timelines continuity schmott nudity but <laughs> anyways guys um like i said before we're going to be talking about the 1984 gremlins movie this is actually part of our scream on screens uh halloween flavor special that i've been doing for a while i've also reviewed uh the new halloween movie as well so go on and check that out where you guys get your major podcast from but tonight gremlins 1984 this movie had a budget of 11 million dollars and made 212.9 million dollars at the yeah. box office which is crazy it is for that it time. is a, a lot yeah it's over like two releases too like they released it in june and then they released it again in 85 and that compounded it up to um like 150 160 million dollars and then add in the global take and um worldwide yeah 220 something million dollars it's incredible for what it is for it to have grossed that much money definitely i was actually surprised by that number to be honest yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was quite surprising it was a phenomenon back then though you never had a you couldn't have a 80s kid that didn't have a mini gizmo back then right everybody had one everybody wanted a mogwai I know I want one. I still do. I still want to. I, have, I had one. one. Yeah. I had one somewhere. Really? I don't know where it is. I, I really did. I had Gizmo somewhere. I mean, I, I watched this. With, yeah. I watched <laughs> this with my ten-year-old son. Uh, sort of. It, the thing I love about this movie is it's kind of uh, an introductory film into horror for like kids, mm-hmm. right? It is a little bit violent, and that led to sort of like PG thirteen uh, for the time. It's pretty tame by today's standards, I think, but. Every time Gizmo came up on screen, he was just like, oh, I want one. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, OK, I can see exactly why this made, you know, 200, 200 plus million dollars at the box office, because everybody was just like, look at how cute that little guy is. I want one. Exactly. If the toys sell and then people are going back and watching the film after the toy sell, mm-hmm. you have yourself a gold mine, especially during that time in the 1980s, where basically word of mouth was actually the way of making <clears throat> things go viral. Okay. If if it was bad nobody would talk about it and it would be removed from the uh screen instantly pretty much so mm-hmm. you know but with gremlins though this movie has always been one of those movies that i stayed close to my heart uh, even as a kid i was born in 85 so my mom actually rented this movie for me to watch as a kid and so this also was directed by steven spielberg but also too i like how they have the little indiana jones flavor though to it because the easter egg that we see at the christmas tree yeah uh store though too so i find that really funny that they incorporated indiana jones into this horror world a little bit yeah the the radio radio show radio show guy uh is all dressed up like indiana jones Uh, it is um 
It is directed by Joe Dante, uh, who also did The Burbs and executive um, produced by executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall. This was like one of the first Amblin Entertainment movies to be released. So, by the way, The Burbs, excellent movie. Oh, look, I'm gonna look, check that jo- one out. Joe Dante, in general, as a director, I was looking through through his catalog and like Matinee, The Burbs. Um, the Burbs is one of those movies that people forget about, but a Tom Hanks movie that everybody should see. Yes, awesome. absolutely. One of the Corey Feldman movies that needs to be seen. This one too. Yes. <laughs> one of Corey Feldman's first. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love, I, or I have loved a lot of Joe Dante's movies. This one has that nostalgia feel that I, I that you just tapped into, uh, which I completely agree with. Like there was something about watching this film that felt like, Oh, this was my childhood. Uh, but the film, I don't feel held up at all. Yeah, I thought this movie is <laughs> utterly terrible, but I liked having I liked watching it again. It's fun. I'll give it that. It's real it is fun. such a fun movie. Yeah. But as far as going back, like you sit there watching it going, um, oh, how what? did they get mini? How did all of these gremlins get mini clothing? Like, yeah. where did all the mini clothing Maybe come from? Maybe one of the gremlins was a tailor. All of a sudden, they're sitting in a bar with all these like little tiny clothes. Where the little tiny clothes <laughs> right? come from? And you know what? I always get confused when they do that because I, at first, I'm like, "Are the people turning into gremlins? What's the go- what's no, going yeah. on here?" You know, that would have actually made more. sense. It would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah, body snatchers type <laughs> if of thing. The gremlins were turning nope. into people because all of a sudden they're smoking, yep. they're drinking, right. they're chilling in a bar. They've got these. They're all dressed up in different, and they're like dressed. They're dressed up in like different like eras they, yeah. they're like doing like the jazz slappers, club they're... <laughs> they're doing like like swing club they're doing all this different stuff and like where they go to find all this vintage clothing in their size i always wondered that like did they go to a different club like was yeah there a... like you could kind of explain it as because at one point like the movie uh the finale of the movie ends in a department store so you could argue that like maybe the gremlins had raided that store at one point. The kids department, maybe? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. M- maybe there was like a Build-A-Bear type of situation. I know my, my grandmother didn't exist no, back then. No, no, no. But oh. my grandmother used to collect these bears that were dressed like uh, Humphrey Bogart and whatever. And they were relatively gremlin sized. So like that trench coat, the flasher gremlin <laughs> that comes out, uh, which is wholly inappropriate for a... a, <laughs> like a pg rated movie but like yeah like a what is essentially a kid's horror film um yeah like i could see if there was like a doll section or maybe i I don't know that those particular bears they would have gremlin sized clothings but yeah the children's section i don't know but where'd they get the tiny guns that's what i I don't know well with with they aren't able to speak but with but they are pinpoint accuracy they're able to to call on pop culture references mm-hmm. from american not just not just world like american uh, pop culture references yeah. in well, they did flash dance man <laughs> they actually did there's someone yeah. that does flash dance <laughs> one of them gets in leg warmers and starts yeah. doing flash dance he's a maniac man <laughs> that part made me laugh though when i saw that and also to the flasher i'm like yeah okay uh my mom didn't realize what she rented whenever i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know it, it's i'm gonna be honest with you at first i'm like does it does, does the special effects hold up now compared to where i was a kid as a kid yeah they hold up but i was also feeling a little bit biased at first today i'm like you know because i felt because I, it was hard for me to detach myself from the film and try and pick out the fact that if this is me being nostalgia or if mm-hmm. this is me 
trying to adapt into a 2021 36 year old me feeling like the special effects faded away a little bit and after i separated myself a little bit i'm like yeah the the special effects just don't hold up as much especially when you look at the puppeteers and stuff like that and also too the introduction into gizmo himself is also kind of cheesy but it also works especially with the little uh the chinese old man and everything mm-hmm. and goes into the basement and here's the thing i always thought the old man sold gizmo to uh the main character's father and instead it winds up being the grandson that winds up basically stealing him so i, I forgot deal. all about that it's yep. a literal back alley deal. It's quite literally a it back alley deal. in a back alley. Yeah. He like <laughs> handshakes him over the, the $200 and he hands him the thing. <laughs> Remember, don't feed him after midnight. Yeah. I actually think the puppeteers are, I mean, not puppeteers, but I think the puppets actually work pretty well. I think the yeah. gizmo looks a little bit, I mean, he looks a little rough because you can tell he's, he, he, he can tell, he, I mean, he just looks fake. But I think the, yeah. the bad, the gremlins, they actually look pretty good to me. I, 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 I think they look good now looking back on it. I just think the storyline is so, so weird. Like, I mean, these guys come out of in the beginning of the movie. You have the first thing these gremlins want to do is just kill. Like the first thing he does is kill the science teacher. Well, the first thing they do is mischievously string the dog up with Christmas lights. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. what they do when they're still when they're still <laughs> little little baby gremlins. When they're no, when they're still like little magwas or were whatever. They, were they mock- little uh, is what I Yeah, like they're still magwa. <laughs> yeah, they haven't changed or anything. Oh, I thought they had they had just changed. They're just being mischievous. But then when they first the first thing they do when they come out and they're like the what are they when they come out? Are they gremlins? Is that what they are? When they pop out of their pods, that's what I'm saying. They're gremlins. Okay. Yeah. When they first come out of being gremlins, like the first thing the guy does is he actually eats the the head of the science teacher. Okay. <laughs> well, so yeah. like he is like ready to kill. But then it feels like after that, all they do is want to make they're, just they're still mis- mis- mischievous. <laughs> they're like, yeah. Then they're dressing up in a bar and and, yeah. and they're just smoking and having a good time. Smoking and having yeah. Then they go see Snow White. I think then all of them go to see Snow White like, and eat popcorn. They're, yeah, they're they're born with an agenda. It's like wipe out all of well, see, like I, I don't yeah, the, the logic of it doesn't doesn't quite fit either because the gremlins That's are just saying. supposed to be sort of right. mischief makers, right? The uh the older guy who's like the vet, the World War II veteran who's all about like everything American made, he warns of these gremlins that would like lead to mechanical failures of their planes and all that kind of stuff, which is a, a real sort of folklore that came out of world war two. But then, yeah, they, all they do is kill everybody. And then when they're done killing everybody, then they kind of become mischievous and they're just like (laughs) running amok. It's like they, they came uh, out of their pods, destroyed all of humanity in that town. And then they were like, all right, everybody, let's take a break. Who wants to see a movie? Who wants to get drunk? (laughs) And then they just go sit. No, after they're done killing everybody, they just go into a theater and watch snow white. Yep. What the hell? Yeah. Stripes got smokes. He's also Who, on candy duty. What, what were they smoking when they wrote this script? Like, I don't understand. All uh, I have to say is Steven Spielberg had to smoke some great weed during that time. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure they all were. I think the they were sitting in a room. It's probably cocaine. Right. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, more like cocaine. This, yeah. the, this was one of the first scripts ever written by Christopher Columbus, who eventually would go on to be, you know, like the director of Harry Potter. He directed Home Alone. You know, and all that kind of stuff. He wrote this spec script as just an example that uh, of of his writing, so that he could try to get a job in Hollywood. And he still kept working after. I this. know he he got big big roles after this. Steven Spielberg saw the script and was like, "This is original." Yeah, but Home Alone he didn't write. Home Alone was written by um, John Hughes. So, no, 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 he directed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he directed. It. Although he did do a few passes on the script, but 
yeah, like he, <clears throat> this was his spec script. This is like he just wrote Gremlins, <laughs> and then and that's <laughs> he got bought by Amblin. Yeah, and this is why we have no continuity, no structure into <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> it's basically his student script. Yeah, <laughs> his audition. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But you know what though, I and also too, I don't like the. I don't like Corey Feldman's uh, character in this. I, after looking at his character, I'm like, at first I'm like, okay, I liked his character whenever I was a kid. Now as an adult, I'm like, you're a douchebag. Because he wants to spin it. Because first he goes, he throws the covers over Gizmo. And then yeah. he starts reading comics. And then all of a sudden yeah. you see Gizmo, Gizmo moving his arms. And then he interacts with Gizmo a little bit. And then all of a sudden he get, gets bored with Gizmo after he actually accidentally spill some water on him yeah and, he spends 15 seconds yeah. with an alien creature and is like meh comics i i feel like cory felt i feel like this movie was actually two different movies and they're strung together <laughs> because i feel like the beginning of it was awesome and then with well, it's Corey, like noir it's and, like 50s noir feeling with the like chinatown and the dad yeah. in the trench coat and then you have like the cory feldman characters in it and all of a sudden you never see him again he's just you see him the one time cut the the cord with the yeah, outside of his window from, and then yeah. that's that's it and then then he's all, pointless in this movie yeah and then the yeah. rest of the movie is just craziness like like it's, it looks like someone came in and rewrote the ending like the last like 45 minutes of the movie like uh, it's possible the beginning of the movie was pretty good the mom goes ape shit on the gremlins and just kills a bunch <laughs> of gremlins in the house so in the in the original script it was a lot darker right uh, spielberg and dante sort of toned it back um a lot in tone to keep it more in a horror comedy vibe, but the mom is a spo uh, supposed to die in the original script when she gets attacked by the gremlins and out of the Christmas tree and whatever uh, it's, it then cuts to the sun coming home and the gremlins throw the mom's head down the stairs. <laughs> so it was originally supposed to play out and they were like, well, it might be a little too dark, a little too yeah, dark. It might be. <laughs> yeah. But the mom, like even she's badass. That, but even the more, even before the mom gets attacked in the Christmas tree, she's gone. Like she's gone. Like, crazy on all those different yeah. gremlins and killed them with a she with the dad's in like a inventions blender she's got, she, yeah. Yeah, she put one in a microwave exploded it which was a pretty cool scene awesome honestly the movie i want to see is that mom just like double grabbing knives and going on a rampage against these gremlins that's the movie i really want yeah see. Well, I, I didn't cool. remember it yeah i didn't remember a lot of the movie and then i saw the mom that whole scene with the mom and i'm like oh this movie gets really good ass. yeah like Charlize <laughs> theron recast we'll do a gremlins three where it's just the mom's story and she's just kicking gremlin ass for two hours absolutely That'd be hilarious. Mom, mom against gremlins <laughs> yeah. gremlins four gremlins four mom's revenge serial <laughs> <laughs> <mom>. trailer <laughs> Yeah, but like yeah, at one point she like double grabs some steak knives or something and she's like charging down the hall to the to the front room. It's like, "You go get him, mom." Yeah. And you know what she's though? At awesome. first I thought the mother does die because it's been so long that I've seen that I saw the movie and everything, especially whenever the gremlin jumps out of the uh, Christmas tree, I'm like, "Oh, mm. she's going to die." Yep. But no, she ends up fighting. That's actually one of the things I have to say that they did right with this night, uh, this eighties movie. They actually gave her a strong part to where she fights these gremlins off. She's protecting her home. She's by herself. She doesn't have her son with her. And I like that. I like that they have a well-structured mother who's a total badass against these gremlins and then throws them in the microwave and then nukes them. Yeah. I, yeah I, badass, I, badass female character. I yeah. liked it. 
Yeah, totally. She's my favorite character in the entire movie. Yeah. And the dad's a <laughs> that douche, might be, man. That might be like yeah. an, a, the adult viewing, right? Like as a kid, I'm like with you know, our main character. But as an adult, like, yeah, the parent. Well, the mom's <laughs> the best character. The, she the, is. She's the, great. Yeah, the, the, dad son is, is, the dad is a bit of a douchebag. The, dad, the dad's a total douchebag. And the son's kind of stupid. The whole, the, the whole movie, the son's kind of stupid. Bit. You know what I don't get, okay? At first, I'm like, oh, he's bringing this gift home to his son. I'm like, well, how old is his son? Then you see yeah. his son. I'm like, <laughs> son's like 22. Oh, and like, I'm sorry. I, I know it's it's the 80s. And I, I often make the joke that like people in the 80s uh, in their 20s often look like they were mid 30s. And so it's weird to look back at at photos of like olden times, for, you know, from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, because everybody looks a lot older than they are. But nothing is more. It crystallized that that idea than Judge Reinhold in this movie saying, I'm 23 and I have, you know, and I'm a, a manager or whatever. By the time I'm 30, I'll be vice president or whatever. And I was like, you're 23? You are 45, <laughs> my friend. Actually, the more, the, the more, the better uh, example of that is in Goodfellas when oh, you have Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. <laughs> 21 in. year olds. I'm 21. And he's no, like, you he, are not. He's like, wow, you are definitely in your 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you are middle aged. Yeah, that's that's the scene that always crashed in my head, though. At Goodfellas, like, no, you're not 23, dude. You were yeah. 23 back probably when you were uh, playing other roles, maybe yeah. Taxi Driver yeah. or somewhere around that area. But no, you got a receding hairline, buddy. You yeah. are not 20. The suit no. he's wearing is 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. This but this character though he works in a bank he and also too I'm like couldn't he just get his own Christmas gift why does his dad have to rip <laughs> off a Chinese bank? well that and like his dad's an inventor so like you would think that his dad could have made him a gadget right or yeah. something well like, don't forget they no, only work for a few perfect, hours and yeah. it breaks that's true that's true his dad is a pretty terrible inventor and then the first thing that his dad thinks about when he sees all these crazy thing aliens popping up is oh I could sell those <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, man? Oh, that's, a, that's a good business opportunity. Uh, oh, yeah, they're terrorizing the world. People are oh. going to stick to those rules because we can't even stick to our own diets. What makes you think that we can stick to those three rules that the kid no. laid out in front of him? I mean, if, if I saw water drip on an animal and it, you know, multiplied into like fifteen animals, like just balls popped off like, and then grew into. I'd yeah, be like, I'd we're be taking terrified. this to the San Diego Zoo and they're going to analyze this thing. This no, 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 no. we're euthanizing this thing because yeah. this seems not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's back bubbled gizmos poor gizmos back just started bubbling like a cauldron and cory mm -hmm. feldman was like mm, comics you know <laughs> i mean that's cool whatever there's like fur balls everywhere <laughs> i'm not that interested in it like and they were so laissez-faire about the whole the whole thing too like the, the main character that's why i said he's stupid yeah he was just like i don't know now i got six <laughs> and watch what happens when I do this. Yeah. Anybody want a teacher. puppy? Like, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if you had pods growing in your attic, wouldn't you no. be a little more? Fuck that! I I'm, was... out. I'm out. Burn it all. Right. I want to burn my house down if there's a spider that touches me in my house. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude! Because if there's like... a pod that shows up from they this like, alien thing, they have like five giant pods growing in their attic, oh. and they're like, "Wait, let's just take one of them to the let's take one of them to the scientists that are." The local scientists at the school. It's a, it's a high school teacher. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No. No. Nope. I don't think they take a pod dim. I think they take one of the other mogwais. Like a cocoon. And it turns into a pod. And, right. and it yeah. turns into a pod in his office because he takes blood and splashes it with but water. No, oh, no. Ever it's got after midnight. That's what it is. Nobody got anything good from a local high school teacher except from Breaking Bad. Okay? <laughs> okay this guy is not... 
the guy from Breaking Bad. This is <laughs> the teacher from Gremlins. Yeah. Could you imagine if that was Brian Cranston in this movie? Like early role of Brian Cranston. And we could have done a supercut from like Gremlins to New movie. Gremlins meets Breaking Bad. You know what? We need to make a reboot of this. Have Jesse Pinkman yeah. in there and then have Ryan Cranston. It would be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. That's that's the movie. Brian Cr- so Charlize Theron is the mom, rampaging. <laughs> Brian Cranston as the as the history or the uh, science teacher that's uh you know turning the gremlins into a an empire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do have to agree though that the father is a douchebag, especially when it comes down to him wanting to sell these other mugwiles. After he just saw what happened to Gizmo and everything, and it's like, ah, I can make money off of this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that part was sleazy. Then also, too, he's over at a con or something at a convention. Yeah, I was a weird ass adventure con. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. There's a robot on a telephone with a cowboy hat. Like, it went into some weird territory at that at that convention. That's what you call your uh. local comic con, <laughs> where it's like know, that's, five people. That's actually before, right? conventions were like a thing like a real thing sure. like i think today if we if this movie was to be remade i think that convention scene would be a lot different well, it'd probably be more positive but he, he wasn't he wasn't at like a like a fan convention type thing no he was at a business convention. he was at a business inventors it can a convention but still i think they would have put the convention in a more positive light because today right now uh conventions are thought of differently you know that's true that's true. i mean that's valid yeah or they would have changed it to be like him being more of a sleazy on the road, kind of a door-to-door salesman. Yeah, I, I think it would have been better if he was a door-to-door salesman and not an inventor. Like the invention stuff, just seems like weird Doc Brown stuff. It really does. doesn't make, it, but it doesn't add to anything. Like with Doc Brown, it's like, oh, he one of his crack-brained inventions actually finally works. Turns out it's his best one. It's a freaking time machine. With, but I thought that was gonna it never. I, it never pays off. But in, I, yeah, um, that, I thought that was gonna Gremlins. be how they got rid of the. Gremlins. Yeah, I, I was like, wait, did I forget something? Like, is that how they got rid of the gremlins? Like, nope. I, 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 and then that never it's just happened. a quirk. They fix it by 85. It's fine. By the time they're making Back to the Future, they're like, okay, we now know what to do with Crackpot Inventor Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One year later, they're just like, we got this. <laughs> Although I love the scene where the, where Stripe, you know, the, the, Stripe, the, yeah. the really crazy leader when he right. walks into the YMCA and just jumps in the pool. Yeah. Cannonballs like, Fuck in you that. guys. I'm jumping in the pool. I'm making a bunch of me. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> but yeah. yeah this definitely back then it was actually good now it's not I'm looking back at it it's not as good as i remembered but the other thing i liked though that i thought was funny was the woman with the um <clears throat> with that little electric chair coming down oh, the yeah. stairs and they hop <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden evil miss cratchit or whatever right which i'm glad that they got revenge on her she deserved it yeah, she was a complete ass the entire movie, and it's so rewarding to see her get yeeted out that window. Uh, <laughs> point point of point of order again. <laughs> How did the gremlins know to dress up like to carolers get the clo- to get the clothes <laughs> to dress up like carolers and to sing like carolers? Yeah, they had to learn a song to bring her out and everything. Yeah, to bring her out and then to go in there and then and 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 fix her. Now, also they had to also know electronics. That's true. Because they had to fix her chair. Yeah, he, he went over there and rewired her chair. To, While they were out. Yeah. These were some well, badass. Okay, so in the folklore, though, gremlins are 
intuitive with mechanical mischief, right? They're screwing up airplanes. They're screwing up tanks. They're screwing up trucks, right? Uh, Tractors. It's all explained that like, oh, they're, they're pretty good at rewiring stuff to not, to not work. Right. There's never really mention of them murdering people, but they do a plenty (laughs) or, or a lot of murdering in this particular movie. But when she got yeeted out, that was, that was really funny. My 10-year-old cracked up at that one. I was like, I'm not sure if I should be proud of him like getting this joke so hard. But because uh, it's pretty dark. She just gets launched out of her second story, uh, you know, uh, window, I guess, um, and dies on the on the snow cold. <laughs> it's very cold. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's how I like dark humor, though. That's just me. Yeah. And if someone dies in a certain way and it's part of that dark humor, I laugh my butt off every single time. And when she gets it, it makes me laugh even harder, <laughs> to be honest. It's funny. Talking about Gremlins right now makes me like the movie more yeah. than I than when I was actually watching it. And I was like, this movie just is stupid. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's it's like Roger Corman level B B movie, right? It's. It's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, essentially, right? It's so a, it's better. You have to have that. a. Well, it is, yeah, yeah, it is. But I'm saying, like, it's it's on that sort of same vibe, right? <laughs> Where you go in knowing, like, okay, the logic's not going to add up, the uh, story is going to be kind of haphazard, and there's going to be elements of it that don't quite make any sense. But it should be fun. My question, though, I was... do think it succeeds in being fun. Yeah, my question though was, how do they get or or why is Steven Spielberg attached to this movie? Young young production company looking for yep. interesting new ideas, and it worked out. I mean, they made a crap ton of money on this movie. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that that this uh, heap of g- g- trash is attached <laughs> to Steven <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Heap of trash. I mean, think of all the other films he's done, and does this? I mean one thing is not like the other here, you know, like yeah. what, uh, why is this? I, I mean, talking about it, this movie really was fun. It, was. it really is a fun movie. It's, it's right? such a I fun mean, ride. Right. It's, it's fun. I mean, it gives you a chance to turn your brain off for about an hour and just enjoy the ridiculousness of gremlins without having to think about the concept of certain events that happens and stuff like that in this movie and just go in, watch it, laugh, have a few laughs with your friends, have a few beers, probably. And just enjoy it and ha- have a blast watching it and enjoying it with friends. That's what I look at it as. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree with you. <clears throat> yeah. But the, if you're looking for what, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say like the, the sequels of Gremlins, Gremlins 2, the new batch. Uh, I think maybe that's the only one. Is there a Gremlins 3 or is that like one of those where it's like it's in production for 20 years? Um, well, I know that. I know that Gremlins 2, though, is more self-referential about this kind of thing. So they, they kind of took right. it in a more self-aware meta mode for the sequel. And they, like, referenced the bad review, some of the bad reviews that they got. I mean, I think Leonard Malton even cameos and says his bad review of the first movie in, uh, in this movie. Yeah, he does. Uh, so they, they kind of find their own groove with how meta they are and how sort of... Uh, it's sort of like... Uh, the way Deadpool is today, right? It's sort of very much breaking that fourth wall, letting the audience know that they know that we know that you know kind of a thing. Right. So, yeah. That's what I got out of the second one, to be honest with you, is pretty much a parody of itself, if you think yeah. about it. And also, too, with the, uh, they did announce that they were trying to make a third movie, 
but they're not doing a third film now. Now they're doing like a Mugwai, uh, HBO Max animated, animated yeah. style movie. Yeah, I did so see that. I think that works out pretty well to have that animation type of style and everything too, just to see what it would look like animated. Sure. But uh, I'm definitely interested in more stuff with Gremlins and stuff. But, you know, if they were to do it, I would say going ahead, add some practical effects with a little bit of CGI just to fluff it up a little bit, but not enough to where it takes you out of the movie because too, C- too much CGI takes me out. So if they do it in the right context, if they decide to do a Gremlins 3, I'm all for it. But it has to be in the right way. I could see them doing a reboot. I can't see yeah. them making a third one. Yeah. But I know that whenever people do reboots now, they're always um, super horror. So I feel it's like, like if they did... It's grittier Gremlins. Yeah, it's Gremlins. It would be like the <laughs> Rob Zombie Halloween franchise. Yeah. You'd have Gremlins, but they would real. be... Yeah. They're slimier. Be, it would be really gory and, you know, there wouldn't they'd probably take all the fun out of it. Yeah, I see. I yeah, I love the puppets. The only thing that I that I feel like if they were to make it now, it could benefit with a little CG is just seaming together the like hand puppet to table puppet transitions instead of having like a character have to drop it off screen and then pan the the camera down to reveal the the one that's already on the table or whatever. You know, like those little transitions took me out of it. But I do love the practical use of the puppets the real little creatures running around everywhere the pods that are real and he touches the slime and it's goopy and like there's a a more visceral vibe to those creatures because they were actual little carved foam things you know right Uh, so i i love i i'm you know i'm with you the practical element of it is not necessarily what feels dated to me it's sort of like everything surrounding the practical effects yeah, uh, in this movie, the writing, the tone, even the lighting, you know, uh, the fact that it's shot in um, almost exclusively in the universal backlot is just very much like, oh, yeah, it's totally. It's totally Hill Valley. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah you're right. When the first starts, I'm like, hey, where's Marty? Where's Doc? Yeah. And all, all the houses that they shot on are on uh, Colonial Street in Universal City backlot, which is like, I think it's it's the like leave it to Beaver. It's death. It's uh, uh, Christmas yeah. vacation. Uh, it's Desperate like, Housewives. Desperate Housewives. And yeah, like, uh, it's all and, shot in that neighborhood. And area. it's also uh, the Burbs. <laughs> and the Burbs. Yeah, the Burbs shop. Very familiar with that residence. <laughs> but you know, it does. The neighborhood does seem like it's a little too you know close together. It doesn't feel real, to be honest with you. It feels like leave it to Beaver a little bit. It feel has that kind of feel to it because of how small the town actually looks. Right and everything, and I live in a small town. They could have actually made the town a lot bigger than what they are supposed to, sure. what it's supposed to be. But it seems like, oh, let's go over to the bar now. Okay, guess what? We're gonna go visit the crazy guy from World War Two, but he lives just down the road over here. But yeah. he's too drunk to drive. <laughs> <laughs> he just lives next door to the bar. For example, yeah, the bar. The bar is probably the uh, the eighties cafe from. The 80s cafe is the, the savings bank. and loan. It's the yeah, bank. Yeah, it's the bank. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Every I was watching it. I was like, film... I was like watching. I'm like, oh, they're going into the 80s cafe. I was yeah. like, that's the savings and loan. I was, I was <laughs> documenting like, well, there's the Shell station or the, the Texaco station or the, what you know, whatever uh, era you're, you're referring to. Um, uh, I didn't think they used that side of it. Yeah. They, they, use they, the they, used, they used all of it. Okay. I didn't see, I didn't see a crane that side of it. Yeah. They, um, they use the side that has, uh, I was when when they were doing the the long shot to get to the movie theater area. I think they're pulling away from the movie theater as he's walking through town. And I, I nudged my my ten year old and I was like, "That's the road that Marty went down 
to get back to 1985 when Doc had to plug in the, the plug. And he's like, what? And I, he's like, oh, my gosh, it is. That's amazing. When they're going the to the courthouse. movie theater, yeah. when they're going to the movie theater, did you did you look and see if there was a poster for Mayor Goldie Wilson? <laughs> yeah, right. I was trying to. So I was I'm trying to look at the posters. If the marquees or the posters reference anything. I'm sure they do. I couldn't tell. I, I bet you they have. There's some probably kind an Easter egg, egg in there, there somewhere. Not for yeah. not, for, not back for Back to the Future. Yeah, it's not coming out for another year. They, they do were, have. I mean, you you were right, John. They had. Uh, in, uh what's it called? Indiana Jones was yeah. in there. It was a yeah. Indiana Jones right. was definitely referenced. I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones, uh, that are probably not as subtle that we're just missing. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. But uh. We're just going to take a minute here to talk about something else real quick, and then we'll jump back into our review. But we are actually sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is actually one of my favorite. Um, matter of fact, I just got done using this over the weekend and everything. I'm just going to say it's amazing. But if you go on ahead and use the promo code, and of course you get 20% off by using Movie Lovers Unite, you go, and a matter of fact, uh, support for Movie Lovers Unite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precise engineering tools that gremlins won't even think about messing with because your family jewels will feel fa- safe with Manscaped. And they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this effective over for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code movie lovers unite imagine shaving the sleek well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom i'm only one in the first people to try the new 4.0 and i'm blown away with the performance the craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 next level manscape engineering the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and encouragingly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin technology i now feel comfortable confident shaving my boys because here's the thing you can get a little too close to your boys and you don't want them nipped you don't want nothing to be in the way of your boys and manscape does a fantastic job at trying to keep your boys safe and the upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock it also gives you the ability to turn the 4000 led spotlight on and off within the needed for a more precise shape that's right all the hard to reach places that you never knew that you had before can be lighted and of course gremlins are not allowed to even keep this because of the fact that the led light will actually blind them and of course if you get too close to the light you're going to wind up having a giant mess so the spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shape the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard links with sizes one through four. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction and can help battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. That's right. That's just nasty. You know, no girl wants to go on ahead and have all that in your mouth or whatever. That's why you want to go ahead, trim your boys, make sure that they're neat and firm and neat, and you need to have it to where you don't feel like you're working on a bonsai tree from, from, the Karate Kid. So nobody wants to go ahead and work on a bonsai tree. They want a nice, smooth tree. So go on ahead, get yourself a Manscaped. Use the promo code 20% off of your Manscaped by using the promo code Movie Loves Unite. And that's everything that you guys can do to help us at Movie Loves Unite to keep this promo going is 
get your 20% off and use the promo code movie loves you night. So now that we got done talking about the boy, uh, the boys not being nicked or anything, we can talk about the gremlins. <laughs> so yeah. go from gizmo to gremlin with manscape. <laughs> <laughs> the 4.0. <laughs> yeah. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> your balls will thank you. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the pro- uh, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder that uh the guy actually has the neighbor actually has because oh, dealing yeah. with gremlins and stuff like that because of the fact he's been in world war uh two and these gremlins are now making their way to the neighborhood and now all of a sudden people are actually believing in him basically because of the post-traumatic stress that he's everybody thought they was just full of crap yeah he he's like the town conspiracy theorist like if they remade this now he'd be the QAnon guy going around town everybody's like okay whatever and then they actually show up <laughs> and vindicate him um yeah he's he's probably the realest character in the whole movie for me like he seemed like the most like that's an actual person that i've met like i i i know that person in my life i've met a few of them in my life um yeah and what a way to go with with his own tractor being hoist upon him I like to think that he didn't die there. I like to think that he's oh, safe man. in a hospital somewhere. <laughs> they got pushed through the wall of his house. No, they didn't show that. They just showed, showed it going towards him, and then they cut away. Yeah, the gremlin was just like, gotcha, and then hopped out the, the cab of the truck. <laughs> I like to think he, that him and his wife jumped no. through the window, and they're fine somewhere. Yeah, I like that too, Jeff. <laughs> but you know what, though? He is actually in the second film, though. because oh, he so go he does on survive. That's him. right. Yeah. So he is alive. I don't know how, but he managed ah, to yeah. make it. <laughs> so well good for him (laughs) i'm glad you make it buddy (laughs) his wife didn't yeah his wife made it too because i remember uh they made a sandwich for him don't ask me how i remember this but supposedly they made a sandwich for him and then of course he goes i'm sorry dude i had the sandwich made for you but some guy sat on in the subway but here you go and his wife and him are also touring new york city and they're being uh haunted down by this gremlin that's like a bat gremlin Mm mm-hmm and, and oh, stuff like yeah. that that looks like something from paris france because of the whole entire building layouts that they have up in new york yeah he's uh what are they called the gorgiles yeah. gargoyles gargoyles yeah, gargoyles. yeah. yeah those <laughs> well yeah, what he said i mean if you what's also weird about gremlins is at the end they come out and never all the gremlins are gone because they they say that there's everybody's gone and there's nobody to mess with anymore but then at the end, the mom's still alive and everybody's still alive. So I don't, I never understood that. Like, if I mean, they were done they're, messing yeah. with people because everybody's gone, or they went into hiding, or they ran away, they drove yeah. out of town. Like, yeah, I mean, they like, how are they able to rest and watch Snow White? Well, they're not very <laughs> thorough, they're just mischievous, right? <laughs> like, they go, they cause them a, a muck, you know, they run a muck, and then, uh, you know, they get, they're like, it's downtime now. Uh, they like, and, maybe they, they, uh, you know, they punch a clock they're and just they're like, able to hour four. We're, we're union. So uh, we got to take a break. And they're able to speed up that one woman's electronic chair, mm-hmm. you know, in seconds. But they can't work a film reel. projector. Yeah, <laughs> that took they, them a while. Yeah. And they only could put on real four because it's all they could find, I guess. Well, no, they put on the first one. and They they, they spun it out of control. Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah. So they replaced it with. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this movie. It just makes me wonder, you know, well, I might not, have to watch it four or five more times. They're not good at 
electronics <laughs> or, or mechanics. They're good at screwing up electronics or mechanical things. True. So when they went, right. so, so Stripe in the front row was like, damn it. I want to watch myself some Snow White. Yeah. And all these guys know how to do is just fuck up some shit. He's just the, like, all he wanted to watch was hi ho. And that's and he's it. like, that was real too, assholes. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm going. And he's kind of like Thanos. Dust. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... And he, he goes across the street to Montgomery Ward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, props to Montgomery Ward for still being around during this movie. And he goes and gets himself some num nums. Uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the other num-nums. gremlins asks for milk duds specifically. Yeah. Milk duds. <clears throat> I think I think one of the gremlins does that. Uh-huh. The, the so you you talk about like the the gremlins like knowing pop culture references and stuff. Apparently, all of the uh, the dialogue of the gremlins was all ad libbed by the voice actors who did the voices. So it's like Frank Welker, who I think is like the voice of Optimus Prime. No, no, no he's like Frank Welker is oh, he's one of the the Transformers. I think both Optimus Prime and Megatron are in this are voices in um, this movie. Howie Mandel is Gizmo. There's a, a bunch of <clears throat> voice actors that are in this and they just were like dicking around at a recording studio, essentially just ad libbing a bunch of weird things based off of some of the visual cues that they were given uh, from footage that was already shot. And, you know, they're, they're saying a bunch of weird combinations of English words like milk duds or bright light, or, you know, like there's a whole bunch of, and in the end, gizmo. Yeah. Gizmo. Yeah. But... So it was, it was all enough. None of that was scripted. It was all just like, oh, we got gold. Joe Dante was like, we got gold from these voice actors. Put it all in. <laughs> but you know what, though? Going off of what you said, Jeff, though, about wondering about the fact that where do they know these pop cultural references and stuff like that? Don't forget, they came off of Gizmo's back. Gizmo's also been watching TV. So therefore, there's something within the DNA, probably, to where maybe mm-hmm. that's how it's actually referenced. Yeah. It's just something that I thought of just on a whim, just thinking mm. about it. But it I'm thinking yeah, because, because of DNA yeah, and him watching TV has something to do with it. Because his previous, uh, his previous owner said when he comes to pick him up, he's like, Oh, you want let him watch TV? American TV. Yeah. Like you should never <laughs> let him watch TV. When he picks him up, that's the first thing he said. So maybe that's why. Yeah. 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 He was just binge watching, you know, old <laughs> movies and stuff in that kid's uh, attic. By the way, uh, gremlins Christmas movie. But for some reason, yeah, kind of, they were only watching Halloween movies in the movie. Uh, except it's a Wonderful Life, I think, comes on. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah they watch it's Wonderful Life. Okay, because most of the time they're watching because Christmas. They're watching Halloween watching movies. It. The Gremlins and Gizmo are watching more like they're they actually there's like Halloween movies on yeah. most of the time, which is weird. I was like, the hey mom, guys. the mom is watching It's a Wonderful Life when she's cutting. Ah. Maybe gotcha. they're watching the horror movies as a reflection for the, as themselves and watching Maybe. it for their entertainment pleasure based off of what they see themselves as. That's just me thinking. Maybe. Maybe that's why they start killing everything. You know what? This whole movie checks out. Brilliant. <laughs> like I said, that's just on a whim <laughs> on what I thought. No, no, it makes sense. It makes but sense. actually, that does make it sense checks. why they, under, they get the pop culture references because of all the stuff he's been watching. They've been binge watching television. Yeah. So this movie is a reflection. So the one thing that is the, the gremlins social, are us. The social commentary you see in the end, where he says that we don't have the ability to; it's too much responsibility to take care of this because you know we can't. You know, yeah. it's what John said about like us not being able to handle our own diets and stuff. Like, yeah, stick to the thing. It's a reflection of us. The gremlins are us. 
right. and our, our inability to it's what we maintain turn into our own self yeah. will. If we don't hold, if we don't keep to the rules yeah. of society, this is what happens to us. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a much deeper message. You know what? This movie should have won an Oscar. <laughs> switch the envelope, switch Corey. This now. Everybody, switch the Wikipedia pages. We're giving Gremlins the 1985 Oscar for best original screenplay. <laughs> you know what, though? You guys should do like an episode of giving um, certain movies that shouldn't be nominated for movies. Give them a nomination during uh, Oscar season. And have... I, I like I like this, like creating a real deep uh idea from something that was pretty shallow uh, on its surface like finding the nugget of of real art in like finding Gremlins. the art within a movie that is just total shit yeah absolutely <laughs> right. yeah, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> this happens to be that golden nugget is the shit that was the gremlins but you know one man's trash is another man's treasure and that's right. what we will find and sometimes... the treasure within the trash yeah right but still, overall, this movie is fun. If you want to go ahead and watch it with your friends, it's actually on streaming on HBO Max right now, mm-hmm. so you don't have to rent it or anything like that. Even also on, two. also on Peacock. Oh, is it on Peacock as well? Yeah, okay. Peacock has every single horror movie right now, including Halloween Kills. All of the Halloweens, yep. yeah, and the new one that just came out. That's right. Yeah. I was so shocked. I'm still excited about that, so that's why you know. I was I was excited that I had a streaming service show up as an option for this because last time we watched cliffhanger i rented that not knowing that it was on netflix <laughs> i was very I upset at myself That's, i got an earful from I my wife are you kidding to. me it's on netflix <laughs> as soon as i got home from this recording session she was like she was watching it live and she was like are you kidding me it was on netflix the entire time we rented that yeah, sorry it's like well baby it was for a good cause it was like yeah, five yeah, bucks yeah. i can write it off on the taxes right it's like an entertainment thing it itemizes it's right? for work well, we are sorry you spent 3.99 yeah i mean admittedly not not a big cost but this one was already in my streaming service that's a plus yeah. because i have to rent the thing saturday so i can review the thing which is the john carpenter's the thing yeah ah yeah so should, i gotta do that rent, one for saturday oh I have not seen. Too, I have not seen context. the thing. Me either. I've never this watched was my thing. first time. Yeah, and for being a horror fan, I thought I should have seen that, but I've never seen it. It's good. Yeah. And those but were one he... of the movies that I lied about that I said that I saw it when I right didn't see it. So there. Hey. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. Making it up. <laughs> right. It's yeah, like, the, yeah, the, you saw that, nice right? I say, yeah, sure did. Walked away yeah. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> movies you lie about, people. <laughs> right. People yeah. do it. Right. I mean, if if you're not into sort of Carpenter's version of you know suspense, uh, it might not completely sit with you, but it's good. It's a good. It's a good horror film. It to be honest with you, I've watched. Let's see, I watched They Live recently for the first time all the way through. Hmm. I like that one, and then now I'm getting ready to watch The Fog. Then I'm getting ready to watch. <laughs> uh, this is just the season for John Carpenter for this year. So yeah. I'm happy that I'm getting a chance to watch these movies for the first time. And and besides Halloween, that's like the only thing that I watched of John Carpenter's was Halloween. And of course, there was a one with uh, there's one movie called Vampires, which is like a mm. B-rated movie with James uh, James Woods, which was one of my yeah. favorite movies. But. To be able to experience John Carpenter's work for the first time, I feel privileged to be able to do that. Yeah, to like cracking that seal for the first time is exciting. One day I'll do that with the Fast and the Furious movies, but hmm. (laughs) yeah, that day is not today (laughs) or tomorrow. Um, You want to watch me rant for about 30 minutes on the ninth one? 
that should that will be a good one to watch. I've never seen the ninth. See, one. I don't I don't want any spoilers. Yeah. I no. stopped it. <laughs> Wait, which one is the Brazil one again? Seven? Four, five, five is no. the Brazil one. Five, five no, is no. that's where I stopped. Okay, I stopped yeah. the Brazil. We have a whole filmography on our playlist of Fast and the Furious movies. Almost, we just have two more left in the timeline because there's actually a timeline with it. A much cleaner timeline, even though it does jump around a lot, but a much cleaner timeline than the Halloween movies. Yeah, I was trying right. to tell Corey that I was trying to tell Corey that I think that uh, not to get off too off base, but I was trying to tell Corey that I think the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift actually happens like after episodes after Fast and Furious Seven or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, something like something, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it's the only one I've actually seen <laughs> cover to cover yeah. is Tokyo Drift. Nice. But, and that, that's why everybody goes, oh, well, that's why you, you don't see any any other Fast and Furious movies. That's the worst one. And I was like, I don't know. It was, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tokyo Drift is definitely the worst one. Part five is always going to be my favorite one because my of the one. heist and everything. That's what changed the Fast and Furious franchise and put the stamp on it. Which so, one does Jason Statham come into? Uh, part seven. That's whenever The Rock. Oh, he doesn't uh, come in part seven. Okay. That's when The Rock breaks his cast. That's the one that you oh, said that he felt like he was like he flexes OP. out of his cast. <laughs> He's just it, like, Daddy's got to go to work, and then flexes out of his cast. Yeah, that just sounds crazy. I've only like... seen parts of of that particular one because it was like that one was Paul Walker's last one, right. I think. So I was curious. So I saw parts of it. Um, and uh, yeah, when The Rock was like, Daddy's got to go to work, and flexed out of a cast, I was like. Yeah, no. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. No. See, that's like Gremlins, but but Fast and the Furious style. But I feel like if if The Rock was a star today, he would have played the main character in Gremlins. It feels like it would have been it would have been like (laughs) No, Vin Diesel would have been Spike. Vin Diesel would have done the voice for Spike while The Rock would have been like the Spike. (laughs) I'm Spike. All I can think of is that shark commercial for the action figures that Vin Diesel did back in the nineties. Was it like, uh, like I forgot what that was. Street sharks. Yeah. Yeah, Street sharks. (laughs) He did that commercial and everything. This is back when Vin had hair. That's how long it's been. (laughs) That's a podcast title right there. When Vin had hair. (laughs) And just do everything from the late nineties. But, uh, Welcome to when Ben when had ben hair. Let's <laughs> let's rate this movie based on how thick his hair is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hair length. Yeah. This is Ben with a cul de sac. This is buzz cut. It doesn't it doesn't pass. It doesn't pass. No hair. Vin Diesel. Just, this no is Vin hair. Diesel shaved. Yeah. This is Vin Diesel manscaped. <laughs> oh I'm done. <laughs> But uh, guys, seriously, I'm glad that I had you guys back on the show again. I always like listening to y'all's podcast. You guys do a fantastic job over there at Switch the Envelope, things like that. That's why I wanted to have you back on again. I feel like we converse very well and just trying to pick the right kind of movie for us to watch and review is always great to do a back and forth with. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's always fun. Although we didn't, we never talked about Phoebe Cates. We never talked about Phoebe Cates in this entire thing. That's oh, yeah. true. Phoebe yeah, Cates. Let's, okay, oh. let's talk about her. Oh, if we've got a, a little bit of time. Phoebe yeah, Cates. I, she's in like Fast Times at Richmond High, Gremlins, and Drop Dead Fred, and then like nothing else. But Judge Reinhold is also in 
Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Gremlins, and and then the uh, the the Beverly Hills Cop movies, and that's nothing else. I I she's one of those actresses that as soon as she comes on the screen, you can't help but like just fall in love with her. Uh, for, for me, at least, like she's always been one of those where like she comes on screen, she has some lines. And you're just like, yep, I'm in love. Like, full-on crush mode right now. Can't help it. Well, she got married to Kevin Klein. Yeah, and then she stopped acting. Yeah, 1989. They've been <laughs> married like, since then. I did it. Dropped the mic. <laughs> Done. I accomplished everything. She had very iconic roles. Yeah. she. I mean, she also felt very pigeonholed by her Fast Times at Richmond High <laughs> type of uh, right. uh, role. And actually, the, the studio didn't want her cast in this. Because of the Fast Times original, they thought she was too racy for Gremlins. <laughs> racy for Gremlins. Yeah. Gremlins is too racy for Gremlins to be. Yeah, there's a Gremlin in a bikini top in the bar with lipstick and a wig. Phoebe Cates is the least of your problems if you're thinking about right. racy there's a Gremlin. There's a there's a flasher Gremlin at Phoebe Cates. I don't think they have to. Yeah, they that. yeah he flashes. Although that whole scene with Phoebe Cates in the bar is just like, why is she still there? Why is she serving them? How is she? Not I don't just understand. Run away? I don't she's understand a hostage. <laughs> Yeah, nobody else wanted just, to take this shift. It's like just okay, pouring well. beers and like uh, maybe I'll just keep them happy. Now, also <laughs> cigarettes and stuff. she's lighting the cigarettes. They already have lit cigarettes, yeah. and then she tries to light their cigarettes again, and they they run away from the fire. Yeah. How did they light them the first That's time? A good question. Yeah, another logic <laughs> shift. Yeah, we can't explain. This I don't have a logic for that watching one. TV. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Maybe there's one gr- one gremlin who's totally cool with the fire, and he's just lighting them and passing it, lighting mm-hmm. it and passing it. Okay, yeah. that could be. It. It's the only way I, I can explain. I can that. see that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but speaking she, she's of Phoebe, though, uh, the douchebag clerk that's in the bank is all, played in that one though too. He played in Fast Time at Richmond yeah. High. Judge Reinhold, yeah, who is yep. who is who says he's 23 but really looks 36. Like, right. He's, so, yeah. but. To be honest with you, the bar scene is actually pretty funny, though, whenever you look at it and stuff like that. It it's is. It's, it's a funny, funny scene. It is. It just seems but... like one of those scenes they were all up late, getting getting high and going, what can we do here that's funny? Yeah, there, there was a list that the writers kept, or like the, the filmmakers kept. Um, one, one list was like, you know, screwed up things that the gremlins just do, like the mischief gremlins thing. And the other one was like, how to fuck with Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> like what can the gremlins do to fuck with gizmo one of those was like throwing the dartboard because they they were dealing with the sort of limits of the puppets and what the puppets could do and couldn't do and like you know if they wanted it to articulate a certain way it had to be fixed and then wired for the animatronics to work uh and all that kind of stuff so they were like could we put them on a dartboard and they were like yeah yeah we could fix them to a dartboard so that's how that gag <laughs> sort of makes it in but like all of the smoking the like flashing all of those little sight gags are were just like they did a bunch of bullet points like can the gremlins do this? Uh yeah, I think we could accomplish that. All right, put it on the list. Let's do can it. they do this? <laughs> no, we we can't we can't do that. All right, scratch that off the list, you know. But yeah, I can that, just see that it. Whole all the shit that makes sense everything. in this movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The shit that makes sense, logic, no logic this way. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with no logic this way for 200, Alex. <laughs> Sight gags over logic. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. And let's think. Let's. What else can we do? Let's torture Gizmo a little bit more to fill in the gaps, and also put mm-hmm. them in a bar. Perfect idea. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, but, you see, you see shades of of other movies that are connected to this movie in weird ways too. Like Gizmo falling down the laundry chute is yeah. very 
very much a foreshadowing of how Kevin McAllister in Home Alone deals with one of the uh, wet bandits through the laundry chute, you know, um, some of the other things that, that, we've, that we've mentioned that are like back to the future type types of things with the mad scientist, uh, bad inventor who, you know, does his is doing his thing. The scrappy kid. You know. I think this and Mr. Smith are also the Mr. and Mrs. Smith are the only movies that end in a um, in a department store. Oh, maybe. That's right. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah, that and um, was, there's like a <laughs> Dane Cook movie, maybe that employee of the month or something. Oh, that, doesn't count. that doesn't count. It's Dane, Is that Cook. Like a it's Dane Cook movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's more like a Costco, not a department store. Yeah. yeah. That's well, actually, like I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith is also a Costco. No, it's like an IKEA. I thought. Is it? Yeah, I, I thought it was. It was like a. It's like a department store. There's like oh, different, okay. different, uh, departments in there. The, and like, and like I said, employee of the mouth doesn't and... count because Dane Cook. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but another thing that comes close to this movie, though, in a sense, is the Krampus movie. Hmm. Yes. Because they both are really similar in the ridiculousness of it, and then also too, you also have the minions of Krampus and stuff like that. They're both Which Christmas not... horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's quite a few Christmas horror movies. Like Silent Christmas, Night. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, Black Christmas, the original and the remake, uh, Krampus, you know, the, the Gremlins, you know, um, Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Die Hard's not horror. It's no, just, I'm, uh, I'm no. kidding. It's just, it's just a fun It isn't the until, movie. until we pair him with Michael Myers for Yippie Kaye, Michael, <laughs> Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I there's think also we're Jack Frost. Yeah. Jack, Jack Frost. Frost. Yeah. There's there's a there's a slew of scary Christmas movies. That's what was so interesting when we were doing the Halloween episode. It's like one of the very few movies centered around Halloween. You yes. know, mm-hmm. as yes. a as a scary movie, I should say. One of the few scary movies actually centered around the scary holiday. It really is. And there's way more that are centered around Christmas, in, including Gremlins. But yeah, it's it it is an interesting twist. I think they were trying. They're trying to like juxtapose, like it's the happiest time of the year. No, now it's the scariest time of the year, <laughs> you know. And then they released the movie in June. Like, go figure. Who knows? <laughs> like, well, I don't even Scream. feel Christmassy at that time. The new Scream is being released in July. I think is Scream supposed to be uh, holiday based? No, I'm saying the new no. horror movie. I'm oh saying yeah, Hor- Scream horror movie is being released in July and not so in summer. October. Is summer is a very popular time to release horror films uh in general it shouldn't be i agree i think it's like fall but then it's because they start they want to get as many people because their audience grabs right they're like they turn out to be blockbusters especially like a movie like gremlins that makes 200 freaking million dollars they're like oh people come to see this and more people watch movies in the summer than they do in the sort of winter and as they get closer to the end of the year they start pumping out their like serious movies their oscar contenders you know so they got to clear the way (laughs) for you know the the big budget stuff That's and the, the lower lower budget uh awards grab stuff but they did yeah. uh, the release date is actually january 14th for the new oh, january january yeah. sorry oh. I, yeah i didn't yeah january. it's okay it's fine it was a but, j it was close man it was close yeah it, was close. it had it a y at by the end it's right. a y at the end of the name <laughs> right the month. yeah but uh <laughs> it's a month that has 28 days time <laughs> They all have 28 days, Jeff. January has 28 days. It has 31. But it also has 28 days, guys. That's all true. Have 28 days. Okay. Okay, Corey. <laughs> I get the logic. That's from a, a really dumb brain teaser riddle. 
But uh, guys, I, I just want to say once. <laughs> but no, I I just want to say once again, this has been great. I've always liked you guys coming on the show. This is your second appearance, of course. But listening to your podcast, listening to how passionate you are about films and stuff like that, and things and just the stuff that you come up with is just great. And where can everybody reach you at if they want to go ahead and follow you on social media and all that other good stuff? Corey? Well, thank you so much for having us yeah, on again. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. You're welcome. Thanks we for the fun. kind words. Really appreciate that. You're um, welcome. Uh, you know, we, we do try to, to stay entertaining, and we are definitely passionate. I think that's the only thing that people can't, you know, take away from us is that we're, we, are, we are passionate about films. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, Online, you can go to our Twitter at Switch Envelope, or you can follow us on Instagram at Switch the Envelope. Of course, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, or you can go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. All right. I, th- I think I hit those all. <laughs> yeah. I felt a lot smoother than it usually is. Usually I clunk through that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. Sometimes I stumble and I'm like, eh, I forgot. Yeah. See, on the remember, podcast, we could edit. We could edit that whole spiel to sound nice. Uh, we're live on the on the internet right now. I, I feel like I did a pretty good job. You did great. You did good. Yeah. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Pat yourself. Pat yourself on the back. I hit the post. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you guys want to go ahead and follow me underneath face on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there. Of course, on Instagram and Pinterest underneath the same brand name. Of course, you guys can go on and get a audio podcast only episode of wherever you guys get your podcast from. And then, of course, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is a great place and everything for social media, for people who love podcasts, or if you're a podcaster yourself, the Easy Play button is fantastic. It's easy to use. It's great. And also, too, it's very interactive with our audience to know what you liked and what you didn't like. You can also rate us. It also helps us out with the rankings and stuff like that with Good Pods. Another thing, though, too, is I actually teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, and we're doing a charity event with them, with Cincy's once again. And this time, we're, all the donations go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So go ahead, get yourself a Cincy, and all the proceeds go to the Children's of St. Jude's. Of course, if you want to donate to our page, all you have to do is go ahead, go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, donate 5 to $10 over there. But a simple like, a simple share, smashing that little subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side corner also helps us as well. And then also too, smashing that little bell on the bottom right-hand corner also allows you to know when we have something new. Speaking of something new, we actually did a couple of trailer reactions and we did the Uncharted um, trailer reaction tonight. We also did a Michael Bay trailer reaction for Ambulance. Then we also did our very first video games uh, trailer reaction for Justice, basically Suicide Squad versus Justice League. And then we also got some other content dropping throughout the rest of the week. And then, of course, guys, you guys can go on and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And then, of course, Movie Lovers Unit on TikTok at 001. And then, of course, if you'd like to be on the show and you'd like to be a sponsor, just go on ahead and reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you can reach me at. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Corey, so much for being a part of this Scream on Screen event for horror movies. I do appreciate it. Always until next time. It's been real. It's been fun. And I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye.